Well, if you don't like this sermon, I'm giving you a caveat for all the people that might listen to it on the podcast, for all the people that are probably going to listen to it on Facebook. If you don't like this sermon, I'm taking full responsibility that it is the Word of God, and if you're angry with me when I'm done, you're mad at the Bible and not me. Amen. Amen. Uh, I have uh, been spurned on by a video I've seen. I even shared it on Facebook that uh, Steve Lawson was going crazy on this new revelation and these new words and all this stuff, which is true. It's completely true as far as I can see in Scripture, okay? Let me ask you just a few questions to start this discussion off. Do you think that any person today who, quote-unquote, has a word from God, if they have a word from God, do we need to write it down and canonize it? No? We need to put it in here. When they, when they speak a word from God, I need to put it right here. Well, the reality is to say that God is speaking authoritative like that now is to say that everything that's being spoken by these different prophets and I'm using quotation marks. Everything that's being spoken by the, these prophets is a thus saith the Lord. So if it's a thus saith the Lord, I need to write it in my Bible. I need to get one of them Bibles with the extra of notes in the back where I can start writing in these new thus saith the Lords. But if I do that, I cannot hold to the fact that the Bible is absolutely sufficient for my salvation. And I'm going to show you that there was not a word spoken in the New Testament church that was opposite or outside of this word. It's not true. Anybody that teaches the apostles had some kind of brand new word to bring is not preaching the gospel. They were preaching what Jesus delivered to them and he used the scriptures to prove it to them. And then in the New Testament, they took the scriptures and they proved it to other people with the scriptures. Now I'm going to get on this soapbox because we've preached uh, pull the pull the background down real quick. Just hit the no, yeah. Just minimize it. Minimize that. It'll minimize. See that? Saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, according to Scripture alone, for the glory of God alone. And if we say we believe all five of these, we can't say that we believe all these people out here that supposedly have a word from God. I get so sick and tired of hearing that. Oh, a word from the Lord. Well, how come it didn't come to pass? Maybe we ought to go back. And I said this today. Maybe we ought to just go back to the old 
Testament judgments when somebody supposedly speaks a word from God and just kill them, I bet false prophets would disappear rapidly because they're not speaking God's word. Deuteronomy 18 and 20 says, The prophet that presumes to speak in my name or in the name of another God and it does not come to pass, that prophet shall die. I bet you if there was the death penalty for every lion, Tom, Dick, and Harry that gets up in the middle of a service and babbles off a tongue and then somebody gets up and interprets, interpretates the tongue and says, oh, this is what the Lord said. Thus saith the Lord. Steve Lawson today said, he said, unless, don't bring a thus saith the Lord into this house unless you can quote it chapter and verse. Amen. And I agree. Now that's not to say that God doesn't work in every human heart and bear witness with your spirit and, and draw you by his spirit and talk to you with his spirit to, for your own salvation. But that is not to say that all these people out here speaking all these words of God. Here's what I know to be true. Not one word in scripture ever was prophesied that did not come to pass. And all of these prophets that have been speaking, and I'm calling them prophets, this is quotation, my air quotes, okay? They say they're a prophet, yet it didn't happen. Every time, none of them. Oh, I predicted this and I predicted that. Notice that the predictions never come out beforehand. They only let you know about them after the stuff starts happening. Oh, I predicted this back in eight, you know, 1925. Here, I got a notebook to prove it. You could have wrote that in your notebook two weeks ago. That ain't proof. That ain't a word from God. We also mistake words of knowledge, words of understanding. I believe in the word of knowledge. I believe in the word of understanding. I believe in, in discernment. But that's not the same thing as thus saith the Lord. Those are different things. You have a gift of the Spirit operating, and then you have thus saith the Lord operating. Amen? We have far too many people that want to bring a new word of God who don't even want to believe the word of God. We got a whole lot of people who want to preach a new word of God. But they're the ones going to get the glory from it. And they're not out to bring God glory in it. They're out to make a name for their ministry. A name for their self. And they want to bring the circus into your church. And they want to, I could do it. We could do it. We could fill this church up with the circus, Mike. The only problem is, Charles Spurgeon said, if it takes a circus to get them in here, it's going to take a circus to keep them. And I asked my wife just two weeks ago, didn't I? I said, maybe everybody left because the circus was over. I'm, just, I'm not joking. Maybe they left because the circus is over. And now their flesh doesn't get any pleasure in the preaching of God's word because it's causing them to be conformed into God's image 
the image of Christ, and they don't want that. They want this surface-level Christianity that only goes surface deep, that doesn't get down into the depths of what's really wrong with people, and what's really wrong with people is that they are totally, desperately depraved and wicked and need saving. But we want the feel-good Joel Osteen preaching that only deals with the outside of the tomb and leaves the inside full of dead men's bones and all corruption. Sola Scriptura was the charge of the Reformation. That was the first and most important point was by Scripture alone. Martin Luther didn't recant what he said, what he nailed to the to the church there in Germany. He didn't. He said, "I cannot recant unless I am shown and compelled by Scripture alone." Why? Now pull up that other tab. There we go. Why? Because the Scriptures, the Holy Bible, was written by men divinely inspired is God's revelation of himself to man. It is a perfect treasure of divine instruction. It has God for its author, salvation for its end, and truth without mixture of error as its matter. Therefore, all scripture is totally true and trustworthy. It reveals the principles by which God judges us, and therefore is and will remain to the end of the world the true center of Christian union and the supreme standard by which all human conducts, creeds, religious opinions should be tried. All scripture is a testimony of Christ who is himself the focus of the divine revelation. Period. What does this mean? That means every time somebody says, Thus saith the Lord, I get my Bible out. And I say, where is that at? Show me that in the scripture. I need to hear it. I need to see it. I need to weigh what people say against the scriptures. Not their opinion. Not their denominational, uh, how am I going to say this? Not against their denominational ejaculations that say it's got to be this boisterous and this exuberant. It's got to look like this and sound like this and it's got to fall on the floor and you got to get up. First of all, the only people that ever fell on the ground in the presence of God, they did it out of fear. Not out of move of the Holy Spirit. And anybody that was flopping on the, rat, on the ground screaming and shouting was getting a devil cast out of them. That's what my Bible shows. But we have a whole generation of people that would rather run after signs and wonders than believe the word of God. To believe that the word of God is absolutely the rule of faith and practice in my life. That it is the rule of every Christian thought, every Christian uh, theological principle. They all bow to the word of God. Period. 
Jesus did not come preaching his own words. Jesus came preaching the word of God. Not his own words. I want you to go with me to Acts chapter 17. I want to read a few things. And then we're going to get into some more scripture. But all of these testify to the fact that the word of God should be the rule of our life. Not a spiritual gift. Not a... Uh, 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 well, the fruit of the Spirit needs to be a part. It's going to be a fruit of living by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by what? The word of God. Notice that it didn't say faith comes by hearing and hearing by an interpreted tongue. Notice that it doesn't say faith cometh by hearing and hearing by some mysterious prophecy that somebody gives. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the, 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 some uh, rambled jargon of a church leader. That's not what it says. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If the word isn't from God, you need to reject it. You need to look them right in the face and say, that's not in my Bible, and I rebuke you. The Word of God is what we need. Acts chapter 17, verse 21. But now the righteousness of God has been made manifest apart from the law. Oh, I'm, I'm reading the wrong one. Sorry. Everybody was like, what's he doing? My bad. Acts chapter 17, verse 1. I was in Romans, okay? <clears throat> 1, chapter 17, verse 1. Now, when they had passed through Amphilius and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul went in, and as was his custom, on three Sabbath days, and he reasoned with them from what? From what? From the scriptures. You mean Paul read Acts chapter 17, verse 1 and 2, Mike. He reasoned from the scriptures with them. What was he reasoning about? Explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead, saying, This Jesus whom I proclaim to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded to join Paul and Silas, and did a great many, as did a great many of the devout Greeks, and not a few leading women. Now, he came to them and proclaimed Christ from the scriptures. Notice that it didn't say he came in there. I'm going to be real funny for a second if you guys don't mind, okay? You don't have to move the camera because I'm going to come in. I'm going to come in frame like I need to be, okay? Now, I want you to notice what he didn't do. And everybody that's watched, listening to this on a podcast is going to not get it. But you're going to get it because you're watching it on Facebook or you're sitting here, okay? What it didn't say is Paul come in there doing this. Oh, the glory to God. Here's the man of God with all the power. I'm coming in here full of the Holy Ghost 
And I'm going to tell you the truth, Fargo. You guys are sinners in need to be saved. Bless God. Get up here to the altar and I'll lay hands on you. Y'all get saved. Notice he didn't do that. Why? Because salvation is not found in gifts of the Spirit. Salvation is found in Christ. And the message of the gospel is found in Scripture alone. The rule of my life is Scripture. Even though I am a born-again believer and have the Holy Spirit as a deposit, as an earnest deposit in my life, assuring me of eternal life, when I'm in prayer and I have a thought that I go, man, was that God? Was that God talking to me right there? Was that God revealing something to me? You know what I do? I don't go, oh, I know that was God. I get out my Bible and I go, does that line up with Scripture and what Scripture teaches? Because if it doesn't, I have to reject it because it's not from God. Amen? Amen. We've got to get this right. I want to keep reading because there's even more in just this uh, uh, piece here. <laughs> Jump down to chapter 17, verse 16. Now, while Paul was waiting for them, now while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, his spirit was provoked within him as he saw the city was full of idols. Oh, I, I, I'm in the wrong part. Go to verse 10. <clears throat> I underlined the wrong part. Verse 10. Now watch this. He done preached to the Thessalonians, the earlier part of this chapter, and then he gets in verse 10. It says, the brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to where? Berea. And when they arrived went into the Jewish synagogue. Now, these Jews were more noble than those of Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness. Now, what does it say? It said they received the word with all eagerness, right? It said they were happy to receive it. Now, watch what it says, though. But they examined the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Notice this. Notice it didn't say they just believed them. It didn't, they didn't go, oh, I just believe anything anybody says because they, they got a title called apostle or they got a title called pastor or they got a title called evangelist and they just come in and they say stuff and I'll just believe them because, you know, they're preaching God's word. Are, are they really? Search the scriptures. Find out if what they say lines up with what the book says. Because I guarantee you if those apostles would, would come in there and preach the word, and those Bereans who were diligent in searching the scriptures would have found an error, they would have told Paul, look, you're wrong. But notice what it says. It says, and they examined the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Many of them therefore believed, and not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men. Wow. Notice this. The word of God was proclaimed through what? The gospel was proclaimed through what? Scriptures. We have got to live our life by the scriptures. 
not by the whims of some person who claims to be walking in some spiritual gift. Do you realize that every word that was spoken in the apostles' presence was weighed out by two or three witnesses? And if they didn't agree, that word was thrown out. They did not believe that person. Matter of fact, if you even spoke a tongue and there was no interpretation, you were to sit down and keep it to yourself. Right? 1 Corinthians 14, right? I want you to know, I want you to notice that the New Testament church does not operate. Now, I know the argument from the charismatic Pentecostal people is, oh, this is how it was in the New Testament, but you can't see the New Testament authors acting and behaving and operating in some pseudo-spiritual super-holiness gifts in the way that the church today declares that they are. Because here's the reality. You never once hear these words out of a single disciple's mouth. You never hear them pray this way. You never hear them preach this way. And this is what you can hear if you turn on the TV today. Well, I bind all of the powers of the enemy over this region and I command them to take their hands off of God's people and I command them to loose this and do that. Show me where the apostles prayed that way. The apostles didn't even pray off oppression. They embraced oppression. Why? Because they knew the more I was oppressed, the more the glory of God is going to be able to shine through me, even through the oppression, even through the, 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 the ridicule, even through the persecution, even through the hardship. God will be glorified. They did not pray that way. They did not speak that way. And the people speaking that way today are not speaking for God. They're speaking for their self. Amen. It's a ridiculous notion. Never once did you see the apostles, I'm tearing down this stronghold and I'm tearing down that stronghold. The stronghold's in your mind. The stronghold is for you to believe God is with you. And that no matter your circumstances, no matter your trial, no matter the tribulation, that Christ is going to be glorified in you. Amen. Not that you would be glorified in Christ. Not that you would be lifted up. Or your name would be, oh, we need to go to Apostle so-and-so's church. I promise the only reason I want anybody to come here is to hear God's word and not mine. That's what I want. Huh. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. Uh. Let's start at verse 1 just to get some context, okay? This is the ministry of the apostles, okay? 
This is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. However, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by human count. In fact, I do not even judge myself, for I am not aware of anything against myself. But I am not thereby acquitted. That I, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before time. Before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart? Then each one will receive of his commendation from God. I have applied all these things to myself and Apollos, brothers, that you may learn by us and not go beyond what is written, that none of you be puffed up in favor of one against another. Do you see what he said in the middle of all that? He's talking about their place as apostles, them as servants of Christ. And then he warns them after he says, don't go beyond what's written so that you are not puffed up one against another. Do you remember what was going on when this was all being said? Some say I'm of Apollos. Some say I'm of Cephas. Some say I'm of so-and-so. I'm, I'm of Paul. And he said, I'm glad I never baptized any of you dummies. That's my version, okay? He said, I'm, never, I'm glad I never baptized any of you because I'm from Christ. Right. Salvation doesn't come by the person delivering the message ever. Right. It comes by the message and by the messenger himself, the Holy Spirit, who is sent from Christ Amen. and speaks of Christ. Do you notice that most of these new Pentecostal movements, when the Holy Ghost talks, he's talking about himself? But in Scripture, the Holy Spirit doesn't come to speak of himself. He comes to speak of Christ. Christ didn't even come to speak of himself. He came to speak of what the Father sent him to do. He said, I don't speak my words. I only speak what I hear my Father say. And the things I do, I only do because I see my Father do them. Friends, we can't go beyond what is written we can't move past that. The very minute that we do, we're walking in error. The minute that the Bible stops, hey, can you scroll back up to the top? I don't know why you're way down there. Right there, that's where you can stay. That's all we're talking about. The very minute that we move away from the scriptures, from our rule of life and our rule of faith, and what we do and how we live, the minute we move away from Scripture and what is written, we are on a slippery slope to become puffed up and proud and think it's from us and about us. And that's the American church right now. Every pastor that preaches anything other than the Scriptures starts talking about the man of God. The man of God. Well, first of all, there's only one man of God that we need, and that's Jesus Christ, the man of God. 
Amen? Amen. Peter, on the day of, of Pentecost, when he was talking to them, he said, this man, Jesus, whom you crucified, that's the only man we need. I don't need no preacher. I don't need no uh, uh, evangelist. Oh, I forgot to turn my phone down. I don't need any of that stuff. I need Christ. And I need his word. I don't need your word. I don't need that nonsense. Every word that is spoken in the midst of the church is supposed to be done by the witness of two or three. And if it's not found to be agreed upon, they throw that out. Why? Because it's all subject to the word of God. Period. We are not to go beyond what is written. Go with me, if you will, to Luke chapter 1 real quick. We're going to jump to a bunch of scriptures real quick to, to make a case, as it were. Luke chapter 1, verse 1. I want you to notice why the gospel of Luke was written. Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word having delivered them to us. It seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. The reason the book of Luke was written was so that Theophilus, this is a letter to Theophilus from Luke, so that Theophilus could know that the gospel presented to him that he can have certainty. My certainty is not from any other source but the word of God. Now here's the good thing. I want you to understand this. If some kid or guy or lady jumped up, first of all, and some of them jumped up in the middle of the service while the apostles was preaching and said, I got a word from God. And they spoke this word out. And if it wasn't right, they got rebuked. Everybody in the room was like, oh, that cannot be from God. That, uh, here's what the scripture says about this. Here's what the scripture says about this. I would challenge most people who say they have a word from God nowadays. That somehow this word is going to glorify them. That way later on they can say, well, I told you so, remember? Now send me your $45 and I'll sue you this prayer cloth. Why do we need all this other stuff when we have a word written from God to us that 90% of people do not follow? 90% of Christians, maybe even more than that, 99% of Christians have a hard time following this. Do you have this book perfectly? Do you, are you living this thing out all the way, Mike? Are you, Carmen? Are you, Kyle? 
you're not living this thing out all the way, then why in the world do you need some word from God from some other person when you've got words of God sitting in front of you that you still ain't being able to do, that you're still trying to follow, and you know that this is the word of God. If you agree that this is the word of God, then when somebody else says, I got a word from God, you know, hold on, do you want me to put this in the back of my Bible so we can have it as can? Oh, no, I don't want you to go that far, preacher. Well, then sit down with your word because it's not authoritative and it's not God's word. This is God's word. Does that mean the Holy Spirit doesn't minister to hearts and speak to people's soul and lay lay burdens on them to go and do ministry and all these things? No! But stop saying the Lord told me and thus saith the Lord because I got thus saith the Lord and it's right in my hand. And then there's another thus saith the Lord and he's sitting right beside God the Father. Word of God made flesh dwell among us. Jesus did not come to this earth to make a whole, whole new breed of prophets to prophesy all these false words and false expectations and it's all about... Notice! I want you to notice. Here's something that I can tell you for certainty. Okay? I've been in church services and I've been the one of the pastors at the front of the church. And I've been in lines where every word from God was this. The Lord's going to bless you, Kyle. He's going to make your tent to expand and he's going to pour out his anointing on you and he's got a plan and a purpose for you. Every word of God, nearly every single one of them sounds exactly the same. God's going to give you this and give you that and make you great. But Jesus said, if you want to be great, you got to become the least of all. He said, John the Baptist said, I must decrease and he must increase. If you think God is coming down to send a word to tell you how blessed and wonderful you are because he loves you, guess what? He didn't do that to his apostles. He didn't do that to Peter. He didn't do that to Paul. Matter of fact, when they got a word from God, it was this. Peter, Satan has offered to sift you like wheat. And I told him, yes. And when you get older, he didn't say, oh, you're going to be blessed and highly favored and you're going to walk in, in, in so much blessing and you're going to walk above and be above only and not beneath. And he, he didn't say any of that. He said, you're going to be led away when you're old to a place that you do not want to go. And Peter, I can just imagine Peter in Rome when they're leading him to be crucified. And Peter crying out, according to church history, I cannot be crucified like my Lord. And they crucified him upside down. That was his blessing. That was his anointing. That was his favor. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, who preached the gospel to more places than anybody could ever think. Who, whose handkerchief healed people. This Paul was sick and starved and beaten, shipwrecked, and eventually beheaded. That 
was his anointing. That was his favor. That was the word that Jesus spoke to him. Yet somehow in this new modern, after the apostles died, the Holy Spirit starts pronouncing all these great things on people and all these fine things on people and blessings upon blessings, even though we don't have any record of that kind of thing in Scripture. But we run after it because our flesh loves it. We run after it because our flesh desires stuff. And we, just like we read this morning about widows who are, are, are wanton and living lasciviously, they are dead while they live. What does that mean? They're dead in their trespasses and sin. They're lost. I'm telling you, we got a whole generation of so-called Christians who are running after gifts and signs and blessings and favor. And all they're doing is running after the lust of the flesh. The desires of this life, the pride of life, and the passions of this life. And they are not seeking God. And they are not hearing from God. They are false prophets. Deuteronomy 18 and 20 says, If any prophet presumes to speak in my name or in the name of another God, and his prophecy does not come to pass, that prophet shall surely die. Now I'm not saying we should stone all these people to death, but we should at least do what Paul tells us to do. That if it, Or later on in that chapter, Deuteronomy says, if, if they prophesy something and it doesn't come to pass, don't even worry about that prophet because they're not really a prophet from God. And they did not get a word from God. Ignore them. Amen? That's what you need to do to 99.9% of these people on TV. You need to hit the mute button the change the channel button, you'd get more out of watching a soap opera than you would getting off of these lies that are being preached by these preachers. And that's sad. Second huh. Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to end right here. Second Timothy chapter 3. Not 1 Timothy, Kevin. 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3. And you know where I'm going. Verse 16. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproving, correcting, training in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped, the King James says, right? Verse 17. May be perfect, thoroughly furnished. Thoroughly furnished for every good work. Notice that he didn't say when you're walking in the spirit of prophecy or spirit of word of knowledge or word of wisdom or tongues, interpretation of tongues, notice that he said all scripture is God-breathed and profitable for, for teaching. First of all, teaching, teaching, teaching. Oh, 
The Holy Spirit, because here's, I'm going to get lost in a rabbit trail for a second, because here's the thing. The Word of God teaches me how to live godly. But there's a teaching going on nowadays. Well, the Holy Spirit's going to teach you how to do that, brother. That's a lie. The Holy Spirit leads me into all truth. What is all truth? God's Word. Jesus said, sanctify them by your truth. Thy Word is truth. Amen? He'll lead you into all truth, and he will remind you, bring to remembrance all things whatsoever I taught you. Notice the Holy Spirit is not leading you off into some mystical, magical truth that cannot be found in Scripture, that cannot be found in the teachings of Jesus Christ. He is not leading you off into some mystical spiritual realm where things have not been revealed. He's leading you into Christ and the truth of the gospel. And the gospel is Christ. And Christ is the word. And Christ preached the word. Christ held fast to the word. Christ was in the wilderness being tempted of the devil. He didn't say, the Spirit's telling me to tell you. Did he? He didn't do that, did he? He had the Holy Spirit, didn't he? Because the Bible said that he had already been baptized by John and the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove and he was led away in the Spirit to the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when the devil came to him and the devil started bringing accusations to him, he didn't look at him and go, hold on, i got to pray about this and see what the Holy Ghost is telling me to do. No. He said it is written. It is written. It is written. If you're leading your life acting like you got to go off into some mysteric, mis mysterious, mystical land with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost ain't there. The Holy Ghost leads you into all truth, and the truth is found in Scripture and the teachings of Jesus Christ. That's it. It will not lead you anywhere else. And if it does, you're not talking to the Holy Ghost. Believe not every spirit, beloved, but test the spirits to see if they be of God. Amen? Just because, just because somebody's got the name pastor doesn't mean you need to believe them. You need to test what they're saying. You need to weigh it against Scripture and find out if what they're saying is true. Amen? Stop believing everything you hear and get your Bible out. Be like the Bereans in Acts chapter 17, verse 10. And search the scriptures daily to see if these things are true. Amen? Why? Because God's word is sufficient for teaching, for correcting. Why correcting? Because people will get out here on all these mystical, mysterious things and the word of God reigns them back in. It'll rain your crazy thoughts back in and get you back centered on what God really said and for training in righteousness. The Holy Spirit enables me to live righteously, but he doesn't teach me to live righteously. The Word of God teaches me to live righteously. The gospel that brings salvation Right? 
The grace of God that brought salvation teaches all men. Why? How does it teach us? By the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. We need to be careful when we start acting like all these oral traditions can match or be equal to the word of God. We need to be very careful if we're going to a church that, that uh, believes that all these gifts are God speaking to us and we don't even take the time to see if it matches what the Bible says. I want to read something else to you in closing. I know I said I was closing in Timothy. Sorry. Go back to Acts 17. We're going to start at verse 11. It says, Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily. Why? Why would they examine the scriptures daily? But because the scriptures was going to be the proof of what they were saying. Jesus didn't come to prove some mystic, mystical, mystical force. He came to prove that God's word was true and that all of God's word testifies of him. He said the law and the prophets, they testify of me. And when those Jews who were told that Jesus was the Christ searched the scriptures diligently, they found it to be true. Not because of some mystical, mysterious feeling. Not because of coming to the altar and crying, but because they searched the scriptures to find truth. Amen? We need to stop running after gifts and acting like that's the end-all, be-all. The end-all, be-all is Christ in me. That's my hope of glory. Not glory in this life, but glory in eternal life. Amen? And any gospel that's preaching to you about right now is not preaching the gospel. The gospel was about Christ in you for the future. Amen? Let's stand and pray. Father God, we just ask that you would help us to build our life on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Lord, I remember your words in Matthew 7 where you said, if any man hears these words of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And when the winds came and the waves beat upon that house, it did not fall because it was founded on the rock. Right now, so many Christians' lives are being swept away because they built their life and their faith on the sandy seashores of feelings and false prophecy. 
false words and false testimony. And they did not build their life on the words of Scripture and the words of Christ, who is our rock. The salvation of our souls depends upon us knowing Him and the, the law and the prophets testify of Christ. Lord, I pray that you would help us as Bible-believing, God-fearing, Holy Spirit-filled Christian believers who love Jesus Christ with all of our heart to not walk in our own wisdom nor lean on our own understanding, but that we would make the Word of God a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, that we would do what David said and meditate on it both day and night, then we will be like trees planted by the rivers of living water. Help us to truly understand what it means to put our faith in Christ alone, according to Scripture alone. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you.